Welcome to Minds at Yerk. My name is Alex. I'm Megan. And I'm Chris. Here we are all again together. <laughs> On the other side of vacations and tech weeks and whatever Meg's been up to. Hey. <laughs> I realized what? I didn't I didn't have anything to throw in there for you as I said it. Look, so I haven't been taking a much needed relaxing vacation or working my ass off on a musical um i've been designing a lot of my farms in stardew it's a thing that's very important work those farms don't design themselves and and also changing your twitter name like daily uh no (laughs) it's it's pretty often i've so offended by this. No, don't. It's funny because every now and then I say, "Oh, somebody liked my comment. Who is it? Oh, that's. Oh no, that's that's banging again. Looks. Yep. I don't she know, changed her name again. Disappointment. No, it's fine. Were, it were actually you... reminds me that I need to do it more often. Oh no, Chris. Were you following Meg in the days of Meg the Blank Porg as her social media <laughs> handle everywhere? No, yeah. no, no. Those days were incredible. Though. Like every now and then the adjective would just change. Oh, yeah. As with the pictures. Yeah. And any Facebook group was up for pork pictures and name changes. Man, those were the good days. Star Wars days. Life was simple and Puffins kept photobombing Star Wars so they got edited in. I was surprised they... they did the those pork so poorly because like their legs didn't even move their feet were just like molded plastic and they didn't even try to cg that it was just i don't know uh, just personal i don't know i didn't expect to hit such a nerve so early on speaking of I, triggers I, that's that's my trigger <laughs> i feel like um you would be similar watching things with as red is to be very quick to be like cgi better cgi which is occasionally what I get. Or at least just try to CGI it. I mean, come on, it's a Star Wars. You can't tell me that they don't have an endless you know, budget for that. They could have easily done that a little easier, a little better. Probably. There's somewhere, a lot of things they could have done better. But Somewhere underneath Disney, probably below the hydroponic garden there in Epcot, there is actually some sort of breeding lab where they were trying to actually genetically engineer porgs and they just missed the due date. I'm sure that's what it was. That wouldn't surprise me at all. It's a little bit horrifying. Thank you. You're welcome. I try. I remember like the last school trip I took to Disney. We talked a lot about Disney before we started recording. <laughs> uh, one of the, one of the, like educational parts to justify the trip was a tour of their hydroponic gardens. Actually really cool. Like legitimately super neat science. No, but do you ever think about that? Like, I feel like I never hear about my brother and sister taking school trips, which like, okay, right now COVID understandable, but we took so many field trips and it felt like it got less and less as we got older. And like the, do they still do field trips? I guess that is my first question. At least for like, yeah, my elementary school kids. I mean, they, okay. It was like one a year, but it wasn't like a big deal. It was like, we're going to the zoo. 
and and also now unlike when we were all growing up where it would be like you know maybe a few parents would go or something would help but now the teachers just go and sit around and all the parents go and have to take the kids around it's weird that is weird i don't mind yeah. that teachers get like some time off to enjoy themselves or whatever but it is weird when they just go and just sit and like take no responsibility um they're at so least, afraid of being sued yes yeah i guess that's probably it and you know whatever i mean i enjoyed going when we went to help out it was fine but it was just different than when i was growing up i always liked field trips my only problem was there was a span of about six years where we got three a year and two of them were the same two field trips every year the the same trip to the same like fire station and then the same incredibly whitewashed what is the word i'm even looking for here L lousy depiction of like early colonial treatment of native americans version oh. of visiting i think it was usually red clay we went to uh but like the yeah hey see everyone got along just great and we definitely didn't fuck everyone over colonialist history just every year every year for like through the sixth grade so I could do with few with fewer field trips if they just kept the cool ones that weren't bad history. Yeah, agreed. And when I say bad history, I mean like inaccurate portrayal of history. Not I just feel like field trips were much cooler in the 90s. That's all. I mean, you're right. You're right. Except for, you know, the five trips to the fire station. I was trying to segue, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in the 90s. You mean in Animorphs time? <laughs> sure. I took a field trip once to see Ragtime at the Fox Theater here in Atlanta. The Animorphs once took a field trip to see The Lion King. The only difference is they were met with an elder god of the universe, and I wasn't. <laughs> and I guess, hey, Chris, first question, nothing to do with a visitor. How does it feel to maybe potentially get to write one of God or draw God? What, when does that happen? Book seven? Really? Yeah. Is, is that the Elemist? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm kind of looking forward to that. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get that chance because I'm only contracted for six right now, but I would like That's that. right. I forgot about that. It's only through six. For now. Hopefully, hopefully... I get a few more on there. You better. I want to see you get to do the Elemist, damn it. Well, me too. Like first it was like if I don't get to draw axe, I'm gonna be pissed. And then I got I got four, five, and six. So I was like, all right, that's good. And now I'm now I'm like, <laughs> if I don't get to draw the Elemist, I'm gonna be pissed. You know, I'm but right back to, to that. So do the cryak eye. That's you so do. cool. Yeah. That's so cool. There's Holy so many shit. iconic things in like the first 10 books, you know. Like I don't think people really know that there's just so much stuff in the first like 10 books really it kind of sets the stage for a lot of the rest of it to come and they're all good yeah. they're all so good i can't wait yeah so i bought myself a new toy i <laughs> i bought it because i needed it for rehearsal because we've had to run a lot of like designer meetings through zoom and i also needed to be able to take notes so I went ahead and bought myself a nice Neopro iPad, and this is the first thing I read on it, and it is absolutely gorgeous, Chris. Thank you. It looks so good. Thank you. I'm, I'm very happy with it. 
Although I will say that um, ever since the first book came out, I never really, I flipped through it once and then that was it. And I'll do the same thing with the second book because honestly, and then any artists out there or whatever, writers or whatever, probably podcasters for that same matters. Like you don't want to like I, anytime I look back on my art, I'm like, all I see is the mistakes and that's it's too bad, but that's just kind of how it is. So I'm really get excited when people get happy about it, but like, I'm not going to go back and look at it anymore. I, I, spent, I spent a long time looking at it and I'm good. I'm uh, currently listening to uh, the guys that make Night Vale have put together like a creators kind of podcast. And one of them made the comment like right before I got out of my car today. Uh, it is sad to know that we will never see the art that people originally concept because it's never going to come out as great as it did the first time in their mind. So hearing you say that, I guess I'm glad this feeling never goes away. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I remember, you know, you hear movie, you know, actors and stuff saying, you know, people say, well, do you watch your movies? What do you think? Like, they never watched it. Right. And I used to think that's yeah. weird. She watched it whatever but now now that i've you know i've been doing books for quite a while i kind of get that it's, it's different but like yeah i don't read my books i don't unless there's a real reason for me to go back into it i don't i don't do that yeah one of the not technically most challenging not in the way that like the last week has been kicking my butt but one of the most just like existential di- existentially difficult things i've ever had to do in theater is i was hired to design lights for a musical and then halfway through the stage manager quit and I wound up taking over a stage manager and I never got the light plot hung all the way to where I wanted it. I never got them focused all the way. There were all these things that were on my to-do list that I never got to because I had to get the show running as stage manager. And then every night, five performances a week for six weeks, I had to sit in the theater and call the show and look at all the things I never got around to finishing. And it was one of the most like frustrating theater experiences I've ever had. Cause all I could see were the mistakes. Right. And I bet nobody else even noticed. It, it is one of the times I have been nominated for regional theater awards. There you go. <laughs> Don't there you love you when go. that happens? Nope. I hate it. I didn't go because I would not have been able to accept it with a straight face if I thought I'd win. And I knew I wouldn't because it wasn't that great of work. So, we did get asked on Twitter, and I want to hear more about this. But what was the difference between doing this one and the first one? Nerves. That was the number one thing for me. (laughs) Nerves. Like, I was really nervous with the first one. Um, Not doing it so much as how it was going to be received, you know, by the fan base and stuff. And um, I get that. You know, I was, and only nervous because. I, I don't have like a need to be loved and, you know, whatever, you know, people tell me how great my stuff is. I don't, I don't really need to hear that. I don't, that's not, I just didn't want to disappoint the fans. Like I, I just know that so many people hung on to it for so long, you know, and been fans for so long. Like that was my big fear in the first one. So when it came out and it, and it was, it was generally very well received, you know, and, and the sales have been good and it's just, um, you know, people are just constantly interacting with me about it. And it's just become so fun. And so when I started the second book, I went into it with a different kind of confidence. Like I was like, I'm still nervous about this because I still got to do this right. But I feel like I'm on the right track. Now I kind of understand what I'm doing. I, I get the assignment kind of a thing, you know, so. 
um, I wasn't as nervous this time. And now the difference, I mean, obviously story-wise, like the first one's more like a big, kind of like a blockbuster movie popcorn kind of a thing, right? It's just very big and actiony and lots of, you know, characters being, you know, for the first time on screen and, you know, just this one, this story felt a lot smaller and more intimate. Then I wanted to make sure that I told it that way too. Like I didn't want it to, I didn't want it to feel cheesy, but I wanted to make sure that I ramped up the emotion as much as I could, when I could, when it felt appropriate. But also there's so many heavy things going on in this book that I, I also wanted to ramp up the humor a little bit whenever I could, uh, just to help, help lighten that a little bit, you know? Uh, Honestly, I feel like that's one of the things that I noticed and appreciated most in this one is there were all these little moments and Meg and I, while we were reading it, like kept messaging each other and tweeting at each other about it. But all these little moments that I've like taken screenshots of to use as a reaction to a tweet at some point, or like just these little quiet, funny moments that help with the pacing and managing the emotions and the tension and like creating that contrast. Like I really appreciated the way you took the time with those and let them breathe. Uh, the whole this is not a comic book conversation like <laughs> in my metafiction loving heart just it grew three sizes that day well and i know i think i think meg maybe mentioned that she uh showed you the did you show him the the follow-up to the yes. ongoing job okay so and i'm not going to spoil that for anybody obviously uh yeah but uh I'm really excited about that you know just yeah. it's like a slow burning thing now and it's just something that Marco just I just I just love the fact that they're having a moment where it's like a tense moment that they're watching to see how things are going and he just can't not bring that up like it's clearly <laughs> been in his head he just has that talk about it and you know and that's just that's something I added you know because it made me laugh and I think I've asked yeah. that question over the last couple of years to somebody on Twitter like you know, like what would happen? Like what happened to his tail after he walked back? I mean, did it turn into like a butt? What happened? What what happened? I love that you get the space to do things like that. Yes. Because that's a hundred percent how Marco would be in these traumatic moments. He's not going to focus on that. He's gonna be focused on like, man, I cannot die without discussing Jake is a lizard and his butt. Well, and that's how a lot of people and myself included deal with stressful situations and stuff is to, is to make inappropriate jokes, you know, that's, yeah. and I just feel like that probably hits home for a lot of people, not just myself, even though I wrote it for myself, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure people can relate to that. And um, so I'm just going to keep on doing that as long as people enjoy it. I'm glad to hear that. Cause it's so good. <laughs> now I have a question for you. Yeah. How absolutely ruined is your Google search history after <laughs> having to uh, draw some of the creepy crawlies in this book? Oh, man. Yeah, my computer should be burnt. <laughs> like, it should not be able to be recovered. I mean, I've, I, you guys have probably seen on Twitter the last couple months. I would occasionally I'll, I'll do like Siri, sh show me pictures of you know, like geese dying in mass you know, <laughs> from the third book, knowing that that's not exactly what I typed in, but that's an example of what's yes. in my search, you know, uh, just really weird, random stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of references for maggots. That was... And let me tell you, like, 
in the same way that you can't look away from a trade wreck there is there's a, i will not i will not go into detail but there's a double page spread that i just <laughs> i wanted so hard to look away from but also like i loved staring at and i don't know what that says about me or you chris yeah <sighs> It took forever to draw that. I mean, the, those that believe it. spread took forever. I was cursing myself. You love horror comics, <laughs> and that this is a great example of a <sighs> horror comic moment. I mean, fair. Actually, 100% fair. Well, I knew that that, I mean, I remember when I read that, when I read the book for the first time, that scene just really stuck out to me. It's just nightmare fuel, you know, like yeah. to, to be going to, for her to just have that experience, but then go home and like immediately have nightmares about that and of, of eating maggots and stuff it's just like oh god so i don't know i i just rolled right into that scene too i didn't even show her going home it just went to that eating maggots so i was hoping that transition worked well and then she wakes up kind of screaming kind of a thing so it was uh, fantastic yeah one of the things that i couldn't stop talking about was how the balance between like ah oh, this comic it's so beautiful it's so great a bunch of kids oh my god body horror body horror <laughs> oh yeah that's right this is a great comic it's so pretty and nightmare fuel and it just it was constant like i almost just forget that i was reading animorphs there is a lot then, of nightmare fuel <laughs> and then it yeah it was so much like i remember writing the tweet being like oh i guess i don't get to talk about like fleas because thank god you didn't draw any and motherfucker you, you did. <laughs> i did <laughs> like i was very specific too like in the, the scene at the beginning when they're in the church tower and like one of the descriptions in the book was like the the beak kind of split in the front and be, started to become teeth and i was like yes. i took notes on that i'm like i'm doing that check <laughs> you know and uh the more the more horrifying the better because i think it kind of sticks with you yeah uh yeah even though it's my style and my style kind of i think it lightens it a little bit not quite as creepy or maybe it makes it worse i don't know uh both. i think it can somehow be both things yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i would give this book to a kid and not think twice about it, which is how I would feel about Animorphs in all honesty. So I think it has that perfect balance of childlike horror. <laughs> I think it's the kind of the kind of horror kids can handle because I think a lot yeah. of parents get caught up in their own baggage and they put that yes. on their kids because my kids love this stuff. They love it and it's it doesn't bother them at all, you know. Um so, you know, I try to keep that in mind when I'm working on, like, would I show this to my eight-year-old? Would I show this to my 13-year-old? Like, you know, I kind of, and so far, I, have, I don't think I've gone too astray on that yet. There's still plenty of time. I don't know if it's a function of how easily frightened or startled I am and was as a child even more so, or just the media of the late 80s, late 80s and early 90s. But I feel like there's something about, like, a certain brand of children's cartoon that's like a little bit horrifying all the time. Like that's the vibe I get. It reminds me of those things I grew up watching. Like this is going to be the dumbest possible example. Rainbow Bright always freaked me out as a kid. <laughs> think I was forbidden from watching one of the Care Bears movies. But then also I recently introduced Meg to the nightmare fuel that is twice upon a time. Yeah. Yeah. But we, I mean, I know I'm quite a bit older than you guys, but 
I mean, we grew up with things like uh, Return to Oz, which is horrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's beautiful, but it's truly nightmare fuel. And then it's a we also better have, example. Like, the Monster Squad and like the Goonies and stuff. I mean, things were just uh, a yeah. little. It was those were could be frightening at times, you know. And I think kids, I think they like to be scared a little bit. And I think creating that PG thirteen thing ruins in a yeah. way. It did what, a little bit. Kids watched and stuff because like. I'm really excited because the next Mike Flanagan project is a Christopher Pike book and it's going to be like a a compilation of a bunch of his books, which I think often get overlooked for R.L. Stein books, which are also great, don't get me wrong, but they're such a part of my life and horror. Like I went from Animorphs to Christopher Pike books and I can't imagine kids doing that these days. Like giving my friend's kids some horror books the other day and having to be like is this too much you're not my kid i don't know (laughs) yeah it's different now for sure i I have to be careful too even like conventions when people come up to my table and they're like is this appropriate for kids and i usually say well you know anything with scholastic on it is safe i mean that's yeah pretty good bet that that's going to be safe but with with uh, the animorph stuff even though i know it's safe you know by my standards anyway for my kids and stuff i still try to be aware and let the parents know like yeah it's it's appropriate there's really nothing in here that that's going to be inappropriate but it may be a little over their head or it might be you know a little bit much for them because i don't know your kid like what you were saying like i don't know your kid i don't know how sensitive your kid is and i don't want to horrify your children away from comics <laughs> or books i don't want right. to be that the person that ruined that but um, but I think they're pretty safe. Have you ever has Scholastic ever come back and said this is too much? Not once. They, I love to, to that. their credit. To their credit, they have not had. I have not had any feedback like that. The only feedbacks I get, um, and and I jokingly call it like the fashion police, because they'll be like. Rachel doesn't have an earring in this panel, but you drew it in that panel or like there's not a stripe on their shirt in this one, but there was supposed to be. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, so, so, and that's actually really good because they catch me on just a lot of things I miss. but then sometimes it was like, but it's the next day. They're not wearing the same yeah. shirt, mm. you know? And so sometimes uh, that gets overlooked a little bit, but that's about the extent of like the worst notes I get from classic. They are, they've been so supportive and, and I feel like, I, I feel like they know that I'm aware of, like, I know where the, the lines are. They trust me to know where the lines are. And, and if I ever get too close, I'm sure they would tell me. But so far, you know. I, yeah, I just, I feel like they never told Applegate and Grant, you know, that they were anywhere near a line. So it's nice to know that the visual aspect of it is still getting that treatment, too. Well, I think, I think so far, too. Like, most of the violence um, happens to the aliens, and that blood is never red and that's that seems to be like a trick that a lot of publications and uh, movies and tv shows use like it's kind of like the ninja turtles uh, cartoon from the 80s you know like all the foot soldiers they fought were robots and that's how they were able to use all their weapons on them and everything because he-man could never use his sword in the cartoon again as a weapon yeah he was not they were that was not able to do that but like so the ninja turtles they got around that by having them be robots because then it wasn't another person or it wasn't. And, and I kind of take that same kind of philosophy a little bit and try to make sure that if 
there is red blood on anything. Like I think like in the first book, Rachel had a, got a cut on her nose when she was an elephant. So there was a little bit of blood there, but it wasn't like, I didn't over detail it. It was just like, you know, because she got hit with a sharp blade. So there would be something. And then when they morph back, it's gone. So, yeah, you know, we all know that, but like, so like I've given some thought to the Marco scene in the book, in book four, when he's a dolphin and uh, you know, the shark attack and all that. And so I think the best way for me to show that, and I honestly, I think it would look the best as an underwater scene anyways, to have it be like kind of a bluish background, like a faded to dark blue background with a silhouette, a dark silhouette hanging in the water, kind of like that. Then I'm not really showing anything. It's more implied. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think it's, it can make it a little bit more scary that way too, what, what you don't see. And yeah. So. I do try to keep it in mind for any parents and teachers out there listening. I, I am <laughs> very aware of, of the content and, uh, you know, what is and isn't appropriate. Because believe me, I could be wildly inappropriate. If I <laughs> Not that they would let me, but I mean, I do know. I have my little secrets. <laughs> Visitor three secrets. <laughs> His cat love. Um, I do have to say Chapman is absolutely terrifying in this book though good i like his i try to draw too many teeth in his mouth and i think that's really <laughs> that really does i mean you could if he just had a plain it, smile i don't think it'd be so bad but you draw you you over detailed teeth and they automatically start looking like the guy from the exorcist i love that or, so or, uh, much yeah he also looks just a little bit like the father of a friend of mine from high school oh no is that good or bad sorry <laughs> i mean it works for me it makes me think oh hey that looks like this guy who like i hung out at his house because i was friends with his daughter and he was a college professor in town who also was a gorilla psychiatrist and was called in when uh the what? the silverback at zoo atlanta willie b passed away like he was one of the grief counselors who met with the gorillas that's weird. Isn't that who Ivan is based off of? No, that Ivan is based off the one of the gorillas they brought in after Willie B passed away. Okay. Yeah. They have very similar stories though, Ivan and Willie B. Okay. Um I I double checked that when we did that episode though. So I'm confident in that answer. I have had a few comments and DMs from people who said that Chapman is extraordinarily creepy in this book. So I, <laughs> yes. I'll take that as a win because I was definitely going for that absolutely like i think at one point i was like chapman should have his own comic or his mustache that's what it was and then i was like never mind this is too creepy cannot handle well what did you guys think of the uh, the scenes where rachel went into the house both times and it was basically like the same thing i i i was hoping that people weren't going to think that that was just like oh, me being lazy and not wanting to redraw stuff. But I was trying to, uh, oh. and I put that green, I used like a green overtone over all those pages in the house. So it just felt a little bit eerie. No, that's... I was trying to make it very robotic. Like if, if they're just playing as humans, they have no reason to actually do anything, you know, humans would do for enjoyment. So I feel like they're just going through the motion in case somebody came over or in case Melissa came downstairs, like, but it's like the same routine every night, like by the minute. I feel like that's how a military would work. And, yeah. and the Yurks are definitely soldiers. So well, that's exactly how I read it. Like 
even the idea of cooking human food and like carrot one time, celery the next, it's like their human bodies have to eat something. So of course they go through the motions, but in the most just, we have to do this way possible, which makes it unnerving. Yes, it definitely comes off as more unnerving than any kind of lazy. Like, I don't think I consciously realized it was the same well, I did change. There's exactly. a few details changed. You know, okay. like I think the clothes, the clothing's changed. What she's cooking has changed. But like every, nothing else has been moved. Because why would it be? Why right. would anything be out of place in that house? Because it's not like they're going around spring cleaning or reading magazines and then they just left it on the table. Like that's just not gonna happen. Right. Um, I loved it. Okay. Well, I just was like, oh, I hope this reads well because this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I was hoping it would make it suspenseful because I knew that that. To me, at least, that the scenes where she was wandering around the house and all that were, it was just very stressful. Like, I was just like, oh, God, this is just not going to go well. You know, it's like <laughs> wandering through a, a, a robotic ride with no other passengers, right? It's going to be weird. Yeah. Like, I loved fair. that about it. That absolutely worked for me. Wow. And, like, it makes the, it makes the uh, Melissa stuff so much so much more upsetting too because it's like surely she's noticed this yeah but what can she do about it right yeah how could she not notice that that's gotta be extremely weird and how do you react to it like is this something normal or is this like if you're not going over to other people's houses or seeing other parents like is this normal i don't know and and that was something i i I tried to do too um like when she comes down and asks for help with her homework, I tried to make her, you know, having a 13 year old daughter, I kind of know some of her mannerisms and stuff, you know, and like <laughs> when she's nervous or worried about stuff or whatever. And I was trying to like have Melissa seem like nervous about just asking her parents for help with, with her homework, knowing that she wasn't going to get help, you know, kind of a thing, or that she was, you know, scared of them maybe a little bit too. And um, it was just, yeah, I was working on those pages where were a different kind of, uh, days for me but they were i really enjoyed it though it was a different kind of i haven't gotten to do like scary type stuff or anything that was extra creepy in comics or anything so i i was uh pretty excited to do that anyway did you uh have her like come out of her room a couple times or like play with the cat like honestly just i'm so curious do you have a cat i know you have a dog i don't okay but i got three dogs that are about the size of cats just but that's teeny kind of dogs. Different type of gracefulness. <laughs> yes, it's not the same. But I grew up with cats. <laughs> okay. I grew up with cats, and I, okay. I just know how they act. And I mean, the first thing they do if they jump up on your lap is they turn around and show you their butt. <laughs> you know I mean, that's the first thing they do. Yep. I don't. I never understood that. But yeah, I mean, I grew up with. We had cats all my life, which is kind of why I don't have cats now. Because that's fair. Well, you know, they. We had a cat that would just get mad. He'd get his nose bent for whatever reason and then you'd go to bed and your pillow would be wet because he peed on your pillow Ooh. and like it, it only took a, a few times of that you know for me to go i've never i never want to have a cat and, yeah, and i love animals but i just don't want to deal with that because inevitably i am going to make that cat mad on accident and then i'm going to be all tired and want to go to bed and there's <laughs> going to be pee on my pillow again yeah that's fair <laughs> that's fair i love other people's cats <laughs> Yeah, we've uh, we've got a cat now, and it's 
the most I've lived with a cat. Like my mom got a cat, but that was well after I moved out. And um, my dad had cats, but I didn't see them very often. So it's been an experience. Like does, cats does he, are strange. They are strange. Do they do that thing where it's like sitting still one minute and then just take off running like crazy, like they saw something? Yeah, Hyper there's a lot crazy of crazy stuff. <laughs> playing like a spy. And um, today I learned she could jump from the floor up onto the kitchen counter. So that oh, was easily. Uh, new um, and terrifying. So that's great. That's great. Yeah, there's really nowhere cats can't get if they want to. No, no. My favorite is trying to get in harder. Anytime I come over, I'll sit down on the sofa and inevitably at some point, Inanna will wander up, curl up into a donut between my leg and the sofa and just take a nap. Yep. And then you can't move. You're stuck there until the nap's over. Yep. That's how I do it anyway. I think, um, unfortunately, if I sit on a couch too long and a dog comes and sits in my lap, well, I'm just stuck there for a while. Yep. Yeah. It's time for you to just take a nap. Yeah, too. I don't mind that either, though. That's <laughs> that's good time. That's good quality time. No, I just your renditions of animals are great. It's so good. It's a lot of fun to watch these animals <laughs> essentially act like how I know those animals act. I don't know. This could have been <laughs> much more stagnant, I guess. It's... Uh, when you said all the animals all i keep thinking about is all the wolves i just had to draw from <laughs> yeah that's good i was suck. only half fake only was half joking around kidding about that i mean there was so many wolves and every panel is different so it's not the same <laughs> oh god it was it was exhausting just days and days of wolves but yeah yeah i i think i quit sorry be like oh, no i'm bored it's fine just yeah. duran duran on loop for all that time yeah yeah <laughs> obviously rio is the song I would obviously i knew well of course it would always be rio would help no. me i feel like i just i'm excited to talk about myself but i'm really actually just excited to finally be able to talk about stuff that was in this book you know like i've been kind of sitting yeah. on for a while i had forgotten how kind of just adorable feels like the wrong word but i don't have a more accurate one adorable your texans are like i don't <laughs> want to be in the room with one but i i like looking at them more than i expected to like looking at a text i love drawing them like that because they're so fun to just rip apart or get stomped on or yeah i just feel like it's so much more like just a, a sack like just a bag of water kind of a thing you know like a wa attacking a waterbed kind of a thing I grew up on Pokemon and like it has always been a part of my life since it came out. And I've got this soft spot for like just the derpiest looking Pokemon. And I think your Taxons hit that exact spot for me. Like they're just, they, they just look a little bit like they're a little clueless in a way that makes me <laughs> affectionate towards them. Well, yeah, that's kind of how I approach them too. Like I, I feel like, and I don't know if it's ever actually stated or anything, but in my mind, so Mr. Three's in charge, right? So he's got he's got the taxons and the horkbajir, and I feel like the horkbajir are the muscle. They're the guys who are do the heavy lifting and do all the stuff. But then the taxons are just the idiots who are just flying the ship, kind of a thing. Or the they maybe they don't have fully developed brains, kind of a thing, and they only can do like one or two things. They know they eat and they can do one other task, kind of a thing. Vomit uh, straight up into the air yeah. over their heads. That's that's just their <laughs> stomach acid when they get so excited. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so gross. I love that detail so much. They are gross, but I love drawing them. I even try to, I don't know if you guys can see, like, they got like veins, like greenish veins under their skin. Oh, no, now I'm going to have to look again. I try to make them so gross. It's just so, I love that so much. I really love what you did with Rachel in this. Like, so much of it is going to tear my heart out as we progress. I don't know how many of these we'll actually ever get, but she's so sweet and she has such a loving family. And there's some just beautiful moments that made me tear up of like the group eating pizza and Rachel and her mom. And she's going to turn out to be just such a warrior. And it's so much. So thanks, I guess, for... (laughs) You're welcome. I I figured I better try to get as many sweet moments out of Rachel as I can early before before she takes that hard left, you know? Well, and they're they're great because, like, we're still so fresh off of 54. Yeah. That in, in this and in the first one, I'm sure at least in the next few too, right? Like, there are all these little nods that, I don't, yeah, I don't know if they were planned or not, but things like in this one, Rachel has a line to the effect of like, no, I'm going to get rid of the Yerks if it kills me. It's like, knife in heart, twisting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of, there was definitely something that I didn't remember from the books, and I was curious if they're giving you even more freedom it was like some yerk back lore and i'm trying to find my notes i don't know i haven't like made anything up or anything um you have to tell me what it is i believe it was about the chapmans Ugh, my only comment is what is this yerk back lore it's great <laughs> damn it meg it's okay i just oh, well. I wish i could think of think of what you were talking about all I know is I, I haven't had to go like off the reservation kind of a thing of uh, looking for, you know, stuff to add to the book or to expand. Because, I mean, everything that's in there is in there. I try to put everything in there and I haven't added anything like out of my own brain or anything. Sometimes like I bring things forward a little bit. Like I, like in the first book I added uh, when they were in the dunes at the ocean there. Um, with the chap chapman and all the all the the sharing group are there they somebody referred to him as ennis 226 or whatever but that didn't happen in the first book but i just thought right. that, that seemed more appropriate and under the circumstances that you know they were having a secret meeting and why you know why would they use their human names kind of a thing that would that was something I, I decided to do on my own but it was still just pulling from what was going to be coming shortly anyway yeah, I think it was uh, after Chapman, not Chapman, this three orders to bring the cat or something. And there's like a conversation between the Chapmans. I'm going to see if I can try to find it again. Um, and it could have been a conversation that it existed in the book that has just always gone over my head. But whatever it was, I really liked it in the comics. Because I know it's between that and then when Rachel goes to visit Melissa so like how did, you, that. how did you guys feel about me using the same hillbilly guys for the the same like the two scenes the the one the opening with the guns and all that and then again with the 
I always like as sort of a, a device. These are the two lunkheads who always run yeah. around and cause trouble. It's very like Bulk and Skull from Power Rangers or Bebop and Rocksteady from Ninja Turtles. Like, Sounds I like that there are the these vibe, two guys who always, always are the muckety mucks. Especially because like Rachel and Cassie give off very Daphne and Velma vibes in the sense of like the looks that they give the boys sometimes of just like you guys are being ridiculous or too much or I don't know it gives me like very 90s Scooby-Doo feels so adding on to like the 90s version of a goon and I feel like I went to school with these guys (laughs) I grew up up in a pretty rural area in Missouri at the time and uh, not not that I'm bagging on anybody I just I kind of I just knew guys like this who would you know they were like you know 17 years old and would go hunting you know after school on somebody else's property and i kind of was just this was this was these guys you know they had had their truck and, and their dad's gun or something you know and they were they weren't supposed to be out there and then so they had a really bad day there too and i just like the idea of like like a day later like they're just hanging out trying to be cool again trying to uh, you know work their confidence back up in here now a different animal is attacking them and it's <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> i just like the idea of beating beating that kind of character down anyway yeah they're already already, you know obnoxious and jerks and other other things and (laughs) so i just like i like picking them and i did add a few lines there where he tries to give her his wallet like that's gonna help (laughs) and then you know accuses accuses her of robbing him even though it's she clearly didn't say give me your money she didn't do anything plus one of them had a really good shirt he did. I was hoping somebody would get that joke because in the book it's like it, you know, he spilled you know, spilled his beer, I think, but I I didn't make it beer. It's like on his shirt, and I just thought it'd be funny if he was complaining that he spilled something on his good shirt and it just says good on it. Like I kind of want that shirt. I do too. I, I died <laughs> laughing when I saw that. Like That's I went a long perfect. way for that joke, so I I'm grateful to anybody who appreciates that. <laughs> that is the kind of shit I live for. But that makes it even better because, like, I didn't catch that. So now I can't wait to go look at this again, <laughs> go read through these again, which is yeah. always just a great sign. That's that's my sense of humor, um, unfortunately, for better or worse. So <laughs> when you when you do come across that stuff, it's it's a pretty good bet that I added that. You know, that was that was me feeling like I needed to put a joke there. No, I appreciate it. There is definitely enough humor in this book to keep it from being overwhelmingly upsetting at all. Yeah. And it gets dark quick. You're right. I mean, it gets yeah. just kind of dark quick. So I was happy to be able to break that up when I could. I mean, all of the the books start getting dark quick, you know, so, yeah. you know, book yeah. three is no exception. I was about to say, do, do you need cookies or anything? Because like, Man, book three has got to be rough. Well, I've got it all penciled, so I know how it's going now. Like for me, <laughs> like I, I, I felt confident that I could capture emotionally what I needed to capture because I feel like I kind of I did you know, did that with the second book. You know, I'm kind of learning that skill a little, little bit. But I was I was uh, things I was more concerned about was like, oh my god, that mall scene, or you know, because <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to draw so many people and. Like it was just the technical stuff for me that was like scares me um, until I get to it. Then I'm like, oh, that's fine. And like the wolves, <laughs> there were so many wolves. Like I said, it's, I was so overwhelmed with 
but hawks and wolves for most of that book that uh, I didn't have time to worry about a lot of other things, <laughs> you know, about it. So, oh, so many. I mean, gosh, I th- I'm pretty sure I outdrew like people is like two to one animals versus people <laughs> two to one in the next book, including I've... every other human that shows up in the book. It's just, I feel like we need to go through and count wolves. the wolves. Yeah. I think I did. And it was like 146. Or oh something. my God. <laughs> Individual wolves. And I did, I counted every wolf that I drew, you know, but yeah, a lot of wolves. That's crazy. And the Hawks, the red tail Hawk was in the hundreds too. If anything, I'm getting really good at drawing Hawks and wolves. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a skill that I won't come in handy at all when I'm done with animals. <laughs> That's not true. You'll find a way. <laughs> I better. <laughs> but uh, also, yeah. tell me about fleas. Like, drawing these fleas. Because, well, man. I only drew it, like, twice, didn't I? I thought it was more than that. Maybe it just hit He's me. never really time. doing much. He's never really doing much. He's just kind of sitting there. I just pulled up a few screenshots and kind of looked at it while I drew it. They're, they're not that complicated, but. I don't I know. Mean, they just creep me out enough. Oh, so fleas are horrible. <laughs> my first job was uh at a company called flea busters oh god was oh, no. it, was like a home, it was like a home exterminator like a flea extermination service absolutely not so it, oh it was horrifying I mean, that i went in people's houses and had to get rid of their fleas absolutely so I, not. i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> i mean it was ugh. it was one of my favorite drawings though in the book was when jake was changing back and he's just a huge flea and it's just it it's it was a really derpy drawing and I just kept it. I was like, no, what? I'm just going to keep that. That's funny. That <laughs> made do me laugh just say, I love Jake's like himbo energy in this book. Yeah. It's so many shirtless scenes to go with it. I just, it's perfect. It's, it's exactly a, a nice reminder of why I love Jake so much when I was a kid. I, you, you know, I, I want to talk about that for a minute. Like they're, they're more oh, no. outfits because, okay. No, it's not. It's just because I tried to think of like, what, you know, when I was in school, when I was in like middle school, like what was, what would a guy wear? Like, especially, and so I was saying, okay, well, Jake is into sports. So he's probably very used to being in the locker room or weights yeah. or just not, you know, shirts versus skins kind of a thing when you're at practice or something, most of the time that happens. So he's probably pretty comfortable just wearing like shorts. So I thought, at least in that book, you know, I was like, I think in, in the third book, he's got a, like a tight shirt, almost like an Under Armour type shirt, whatever. But so I was thinking, well, Jake would be comfortable with that. And then, and then I was like, well, I'm going to put Marco in like one of those wrestling, you know, like middle school, high school wrestling <laughs> things. Like maybe yes. that's what he does because he's stockier maybe. And maybe that's what he would kind of thing he would have. So I was trying to at least logically try to, well, what I would just, they be wearing? So I love it so much because I think I just was like, man, he is shirtless for pages and it cracked me up so much because it's definitely the vibe well you know <laughs> i was i figured he'd have a little muscle tone too i wasn't trying to be creepy but i was like i, I no, no, know, no, no, no. it, it works so, yeah no but i'm just saying that the whole time i'm doing it i'm worried that i'm being creepy that's what i'm saying it's like i don't want to do that but it's like i yeah they're in their morphine suits and so what are you gonna do it's yeah. like they fly somewhere and then that's all the clothes they have no, I definitely made a note. Like I appreciated uh, the toneness that you had for Rachel, given that she's supposed to be a gymnast, and it's not just that you made her slender; that 
you actually gave definition and like her arms and legs. And I've been, I, so. I think I've done that in, I'm not sure if I did it in the second book, but I know in the third book, Cassie's got some, a little oh, she bit definitely, of too, because yeah. I figure she works basically on a farm. Like she's, if she's out there cleaning the stalls and doing chores and stuff like that, she's probably working with equipment and heavy buckets of stuff. And she's probably fairly fit, you know? Yeah. And so I do try to think about that stuff when I'm drawing the kids. It's like, yeah, they're not all like these skinny little kids that are, you know, Jake's an athlete, Rachel's an athlete. Yeah. And with gymnastics, that's upper body strength is crazy on those, those people. It makes me angry. <laughs> they're in such great shape it's like i'll never have that no no and it's no. terrifying our lead for heathers is a former gymnast and every now and then i'll just look over and she'll be walking around on her hands yep it's like i don't i don't understand how this is an easy thing for a human being to do like you say Let's that just get used to it and yeah i was just about to say like i grew up with so many gymnasts that it's just like at some point it was weird that people weren't doing that while you were watching yeah. tv there's another show i did where like i'd turn around and one actor would be just standing on her head yeah. like, okay whatever that's creative whatever story, works Alex. yeah come on that's creative for you that's in every creative field and i'm just as weird i'm not i'm not oh i'm not saying i'm not weird <laughs> i'm just saying like i guess i'm shocked by humans being able to i don't know be even vaguely athletic have you met me yeah well me too. I've gone from fairly, I, I lost quite a bit of weight, like 60 pounds a few years ago. And I'm not quite back up to potato stature, but I'm putting a little, a little into that because I've just been sitting, I sit more than I, than I, than I'm active, you know, that's why Disney told me last week on my vacation. Oh, my body was not ready for that. Like, what do you mean? We're walking nine miles every day. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Workout buddies time. I'm just kidding, guys. Sorry. <laughs> As I say, I miss going to the gym, but I am one of those. No, I need to be left alone. Do not perceive me. I am going to do my thing and keep headphones in my ears. And I do not want to know anyone in the building with yeah, me while I'm there. Me too. Types. Yeah, I'm the same way. I do appreciate that your Dracon beams don't just look like flashlights. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm going after having seen that episode now. <laughs> I'm going to put it in one of the books. One of the guys in the background is just going to be holding something that looks just like a flashlight. Oh no! And that's just going to be a that's going to be a subtle nod to the TV show. Uh-huh. Yes. I feel like I should give Chapman like spurs or something too, so he clicks yeah. and walks. Big yes. puffy orange jacket for yeah. Marco. Uh, yes. Give Marco his his signature jacket. Yeah. That but jacket is-, is fashion. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> It is nice to go through this and read through this while we've been watching the TV show because it, if nothing, it has, I understand why people want an animated show. Like you can, you can do so much with animation. I mean, with the CG too, these days, my God, an animal, an animated animorphs like trilogy of movies or something, or even more would be great because Oh my God. I mean, all you got to do is have the voice, the voice talent and, and they'll look, they'll look exactly correct all the time. You know, no one's going to age out of it. Right. It'd be so good. They could do a whole series, you know, a long series if they wanted. That's, that's what I think they should do, but they won't. There's so many things we want them to do that they won't, unfortunately. <laughs> that's too bad. I do love that you take visitor three who 
in the beginning is a little bit of a villain with like twisting mustache but is supposed to be very scary in the universe and you put just enough implication in places that it's like oh yeah visitor three is scary that's kind of the angle when i when i'm writing for him or when i'm drawing him i try to make him one of those people that are that are just crazy enough that we all know you know it's like to be scared of them like i'm just like i don't trust that person at all like they seem like they're being nice or they seem like i whatever but they are pure evil like something and that's kind of the what i I try to do with with him is just to i don't know like on the surface he's kind of goofy and maybe but the more you think about it like he's just extremely intimidating and he's got a lot of power yeah uh, so yeah but i do i do love him i gave i gave the fist pump for the cat in the basement i hope you appreciated that (laughs) did you see i was like okay that's for the that's for the fans who are obsessed with Visser Three loving cats, and I'm one of them. Me so too. Any, I thought any, he'd be very excited about that. It's my favorite, one of my favorite details in here. <laughs> I just yeah, I love Visser Three's love of cats. Well, I'm going to try to play it up whenever I can without you know without being silly about it. Like just just little subtle things, and him going on and on about how uh, amazing creatures they are. <laughs> A framed, a framed playbill from Cats the Musical on his dome ship, or not dome ship, on his blade ship. Oh god! I feel like he he invites friends out to coffee, and all he does is talk about cats and how amazing they are, and cat facts. Like I, I feel like that's that's how he would be. <laughs> the waiting room outside his office is just a bunch of zoo books about different breeds of big cat. Oh, cat, I love that. Cat that's fans, cat so fancy. Nice. They still have that. Is oh it, my is god! Cat fancy still a thing? I hope so. I don't even know. Cat fancy. It was just oh a god. magazine about fancy cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just need this to be in the background somewhere now. Yes. Just 100%. type it in Google. I promise you, I'm not lying. That was no, 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 oh, no, no, no. I, I just meant oh. of the comic. Like, oh, I yeah. I want these magazines. <laughs> oh my god, a fancy cat magazine. I can't handle that we got away with so much before the internet like now i understand i have no. bad news cat fancy cat fancy ceased publication in 2014 oh i'm man. surprised it made it that long how did it yeah how did it make it that long because 50 years this magazine released oh, God, a lot of fancy cats <laughs> a lot of fancy cats was it like a month or bi-weekly? No, or? It, was, it was monthly. It was monthly. monthly. Oh you have God. a s- subscription to Cat Fancy. I'm I'm looking at the cover cat for December 2007, and it's adorable. Such a long, sleek neck and big ears. I okay. Is this we've, Alex telling us that he's Visitor Three? We've lost Alex. I cannot look at this. I cannot get this distracted here are, here are some headlines from this cover 18 best new products plus gifts to please i'm assuming these are for your cat meet the cats in children's books who says you can't bathe a cat how many times do you think they ran that same story over the 50 years about oh, cat? probably annually at least <laughs> I just, if I had known this magazine existed, cat videos 
would have made more sense. Yeah. In the summer of 2009, Cat Stop. Fancy launched a spin-off nat- magazine called Natural Cat about alternative nutrition and me- medicine such as organic cat foods and herbal therapy. And also the, all the cats lived on an island together. Yes. And they were naked and afraid. Can I do <laughs> Lord of the Cat Flies? I, okay, I thought we were going with the Grimace Island stuff and I couldn't remember. No, nobody ever needs to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to remember that? Please, no. Uh, well... I am excited to have a physical copy of this. I'm excited for everybody to to read this graphic novel. I think it is just even better than the first. I agree. Which, like no pressure for the third. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I liked it better too, but I think maybe I it was just because I felt more comfortable um, going into it. So, but I yeah. but I I like the story too. I guess I like book two better than book one. Anyway, I just felt that I like smaller stories. Anyway, the first one was good. It's just it was just very large. It was there was a it was like an information dump basically. It sets up the whole world, you know, and lots of uh, exposition and stuff like that. And the second one, you were kind of able to kind of hit the ground running with the characters, and you already kind of knew the situation. So, well, and I think book two has this really great hook in Rachel's friendship with Melissa and seeing like her world and her life outside of Animorphs to the point that I know I've said this before when we were going through the books and like when we did the, the Animorphs RPG tabletop actually playing through, like I upped the amount of Melissa in what we played of that just because it always, I always kind of regretted that we never got more of that friendship throughout mm-hmm. the series. You know? Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people like you know she's just in book two and then basically that's it i think she has one more little brief appearance after that but that's it so i'm gonna at least try like if there's scenes like you said in in the school or any situation where it would make sense that she might just be kind of in the background or at least hanging around i'm gonna at least have visually have her around you know cool as much as i can yeah i mean i feel bad for that character that is a very sad character it is one I wish we got closure on for sure. I do like that Sporadic Phantoms has her in the background too. Or has um, Melissa's not in the background. Melissa is kind of a bigger character, but has Rachel picking her up at one point as like a throwaway moment. It's really nice. I love that podcast. It's so much fun. I get mad when I check. We I, I check weekly, even though I know it's like monthly. <laughs> I get mad. I get mad every time there's not a new. I'm still waiting for the second half of that last episode. I'm dying. Yeah, I uh, just heard about the the trailer that's going to be into, or not the trailer, the ad that's going to be in it. So, oh man, that is just really it is really well done. I really I don't usually <laughs> like uh, listening to like just story podcasts, but that is that has definitely sucked me in. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to work on. Sorry, I didn't mean to promote other podcasts on this podcast. No, no. go for it. Yeah, no. I just wanted to. We're all one big happy family. Yeah, I know, but still, it's, it is it is so good. <laughs> no, I think a bunch of different 
podcast people help out on that one. So it's great. I'm surprised, you know, the one thing I haven't heard from anybody that's, that's read the book or left reviews or anything, nobody has said anything that there's no, like, I can't tell you my name. I can't tell you where I'm at kind of, but there's none of that at the beginning. It just rolls right into the story. You know, like we did. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I would, that was my decision because I figured, you know, it just takes up a lot of pages just to repeat what we already know. Yeah. so I, I thought it'd be more fun for everybody, especially after, if you've read the first book, you know the situation. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't have to redo that every single time anyway, but I just figured there'd be some people like, you know, pouting about it. And, and you know, it's there. I get it. I do get it. You know, I feel like it's part of shifting from one medium to the other, right? Like you don't, you don't get everything in the first person anyway in these it's 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 just a different mechanic right it's a different tool and i think it's a good tool for the novels but the graphic novels you don't need it i mean it's a very outdated way of doing middle grade books now like true middle grade books don't necessarily do that have that repetitive starting point from the beginning so it is think it was Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You're good. You're good. What's up? I was just going to ask because I know you read a lot of books and stuff too, and uh, reviews and things. And do you think that was because maybe a book series back then was still kind of new to people and parents they couldn't count on parents to understand the concept? Um, and and that's kind of why they each book. I mean, they're not standalone, but since they start the same way, they they all catch you up on the story that's just happened, um, and then they oh. roll into the, the book. Whereas today's books just kind of in general are we are the people who were you know our parents were buying those books for us we understand how series works and our kids understand that and I don't think a lot of kids would start with book three of a graphic novel series and ex- yeah. you know, expect to be able to figure out what's going on very well I honestly think it's more to do with how big that age group of um, had ghostwriters series going on because like I feel like Sweet Valley and Babysitter's Club and um, kind of Nancy Drew all had a similar thing where they had a chapter that would explain to you what was going on and so it's that was just, just a thing then okay yeah it was just kind of like a very clearly to me in hindsight go like ghost written series um that's just what they did i think you can also make an argument looking more broadly at just television and movies and the media we consume in general that when animorphs came out episodic storytelling was way more common than serialized storytelling in most media that's true too and that's kind of how i feel like they did with the books as we've gotten into because like there is serial storytelling that happens in animorphs but most of the structure is episodic you mentioned earlier like the first 10 12 books have a lot of lore building but especially when you get into the ghost written ones a lot of those books don't necessarily move a whole lot forward always right um and if you look at like in animation something like gravity falls I could not imagine when I was a kid gravity falls on TV because I was so used to things that 
even something like X-Men that would reference things that had happened before, you could jump in and watch any episode because everything was syndicated and there was no DVR yeah. and there was no on-demand streaming. Too. Yeah. That was, that was kind of what I was saying too. Is like, Because even these books play kind of like Star Wars, like episode four, right? It gives you the whole backstory at the beginning of the movie and then here's the, here's the next chapter. And you, you didn't need to see the things that came before that to understand what was happening because it gives you the the lowdown right up front. Yeah, I guess that's the only way that like I I don't think I'd if it would feel weird if you were drawing out the whole my name is, but I could see having a page in the front that's like done the same way every time of like we just say C book one. <laughs> or my name is blah blah blah. Yeah. You can't know my last name. Here is my story or something. Well it's um, it's the convention of the recap page in in monthly comics, right? Yeah. That would yeah. be the closest thing. And even that, Marvel does them to some degree. DC mostly doesn't, unless it's Bendis writing a book and they let him do it because he's Bendis. Bendis. Um, but so much is written even now in single issues to be published in trade and read in trade. Trade sales are so much higher than yeah. floppy sales that even there, the recap page is kind of dying out. I skip more of them than I read. I honestly didn't realize you hadn't done it until you said that, which I think is cool or is just painfully how self-aware I am of what I don't <laughs> notice. I don't know. It could go either way. <laughs> I just don't think it's necessarily because it's not from any, any one person's perspective either. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's from, it's just a general, like, this is the world we're in. Cause and even the first book, it just references we and, um, I just didn't feel like it needed it again over and over. No, I think it's the right call. Everybody puppets so that they can do some internal monologuing. <laughs> it can't be as introspective as the books. But also, I want a picture of Tobias with little Tobias, and then I want cat and hoodie vibe. I think it's like half morphed in a shirt but it looks like it's wearing a hoodie and i want that framed and i, I think meg's meg's become your merchandising department <laughs> i am working on some other stuff it's just you know i have failed to even get the ones i've already had printed up anywhere yet so but i do want to do something with little tobias i just don't know what yet are you saying you're busy i am a little busy <laughs> little busy and also just you know the website stuff just kind of like i don't know why it stresses me out but it does a little bit you, you know because it's like switching to a gear that i'm not in most of the day it's more of a technical thing going from creative to technical sometimes can just kill the engine and it always does yeah i get that like i'll take uh, so many times i'll take my laptop with me like downstairs to watch tv with my wife you know in the evening and i have every intention of writing something or doing something and i set it down next to me and the next thing i know we're watching adult swim or whatever and like that's it <laughs> yeah night's over no i think that that is respectable i'm glad you are able to find downtime so that you don't burn out creatively because you are working on a lot of things 
I am, but I enjoy it. I just, that's good. I just love it. There's no part of this that, except for the, how tired I am sometimes. And sometimes, <laughs> I, sometimes it's just creatively tired, you know, like I just can't focus on stuff and even I have nothing left in my mind at all. And sometimes that's worse than just being physically tired. Can only come up with so many oh. different angles to draw wolves from. Oh my God. <laughs> at some point, that's going to be flies. I could talk. Oh my God. I know it's all coming. I'm just trying to not stress <laughs> out about it before it gets here, you know? No, yeah. like I think drawing dolphins would be a lot of fun. And I have put in my request for my Lisa Frank dolphin spread. And <laughs> gorillas will also be fun. And book five is also going to have a lot of space stuff. That's going to be great. Book six is a lot of fly body horror. And that's going to be excellent. And that is no one in the hospital. Yes. Yeah, see, I'm really stressed. See, that's what I'm stressed out about is now I have to draw a hospital. But usually what that means is I have to build the hospital in 3D first because that's how I do all the (laughs) architecture. So that causes me anxiety (laughs) thinking about the hospital. I mean, I I don't know, man. How are you going to compete with the genius of the hospital (laughs) slash clinic on the TV show? I know. Maybe I'll just use that as my models. You should go back and rewatch because, <laughs> uh, man, talking to your your evil devil—that <laughs> don't put him on the screen, even though you have two of them. I don't know, man. Yeah, that that show is—it's so sad that it missed the mark that hard. I have so much affection for it. I okay. I it's I have nostalgia. a very. It's not though. <laughs> like there are things I get a very earnest appreciation of for like clearly the work inside of strange restraints that happens it's it's the theater kid in me right like it's the person who's like okay here is a lump of styrofoam and a heat knife i need a dinosaur bone by end of day please (laughs) like that weird world i live in i have so much affection for Okay, we need to build an entire hospital clinic for this week's episode. Go. It looks slightly like the office that we had last week. Yeah, your sure. budget. Your budget is seventeen dollars. Go. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, why hasn't that become a reality show yet? I mean, that's called live theater. That is literally live theater. <laughs> there is an artistic director in town, like in the biggest theater in town who to this day, I think the best piece of advice I've ever been given is one she gave in like, I mean, she taught the directing class in my college, uh, one of them. And a piece she, a piece of advice she gave in this class that is just, if you can't fix it, feature it. And the number of times just those few words have saved my butt. Interesting. Like, but it's that kind of problem solving that I love so much. You also get to draw planes. Planes? Yeah. They get on a plane as flies. Right? Am I making this up? No, you're not. Okay. Well, I'll just deal with that when I get to it. <laughs> no, I'm just excited. Like all the different things that you do get to do is really cool. And seeing, as you said, going from a big blockbuster to like a 
really introspective kind of film it's going to be exciting to see what you do with the next few books also for the record meg's favorite plane is the cessna citation no that's not true oh okay that's the one i remember you saying you like from that episode no, I think you guys just liked saying that a lot. I don't even oh. remember what we talked about. I do remember talking about that, but no, man. Well, I'll go update our wiki page then. <laughs> to be fair, if I, I'm not the person to trust with whatever I said, that's that's totally fair. I know. <laughs> that part of the wiki page remains. <laughs> so chris are you working on book three now or are you working on something else right now um i'm right in the middle of getting ready to start inking book three because all the sketches are done i gotta i gotta letter it real quick and that'll take about i don't know probably a week maybe a little less than a week um and then and then uh after that then i go to the inks but i did have a little i had to stop today and work on some some camp whatever to uh edits and things like that because that's nice. been turned in and yeah so just a couple different things in different states very cool but but mostly mostly animal morphs three very cool do you have the release date for three already is it gonna be about the same time i think it's about the same time next year because okay. i i do books one through four that way and then starting with book five basically after book four they'll be every six months that's right i forgot about that yeah because i'm basically doing two graphic novels a year but right now i have that other contract for camp whatever so i'm kind of going back and forth but when those are done and there's only three of them and i just finished the second one then it's all anamorphs until i until my contract runs out or they give me more <laughs> so your contract runs out or you do until my, until my contract oh, runs out yeah that's not terrifying at all See, 54 books at <laughs> six months per. You've already got four out of the way, like 10 spinoff books. That's only 30 years. Yeah. Oof, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You guys are going to have to just deal with the fact that that isn't going to happen. <laughs> there's, there's other people. There's other people that can do this. That's I am, fair. I am very honored to be, you know, working on the first, you know, the first first ones because i just think that's it's super fun for me and i just love being a part of it and you're so good at it i can say that i know it's a weird thing for you to say i can say that <laughs> it also has to be a weird thing to be like yes i agree <laughs> <laughs> no meg is here to agree see we've, we've yep. got all the bases covered this is true this is very true mm. Guys are making me blush. <laughs> well, how about this? It is October. What scary things do you enjoy watching, reading, whatevering during October? Well, we're in the middle like of that uh, Midnight Mass show on Netflix. Uh, we do a really big Halloween display, so that's where most of our most of our energy for October goes because we don't put it up until on October on October 31st and we take it down that night but it's a full what? front yard in the garage animatronics that I built and all kinds of stuff over the years we add to it like every year and this is amazing uh, I'll, I can, I'll send you a video or some photos or something please do yes cool 
yeah but it's fun because it's kind of like theater dressing kind of a stuff with lighting because that that's what makes it all as you know makes it really adds the atmosphere to everything so we've got like lights different colors you know working together like in the dungeon we got a little guy anyway i'll send you guys some photos you should like Please. we've got a friend that um also designs haunted houses and like i've worked in a few because my i got siblings that have birthday around halloween so we did a lot of halloween parties that's so cool i just i love haunted houses you should definitely come visit because now you have to go to netherworld i don't know what that is it's like one of the top 10 haunted houses in the country okay yeah i'm totally down for that yeah no that's so cool yeah we're big big halloween people i think we probably enjoy that more than christmas just for decorating and everything yeah, I was showing um, my new coworker our Halloween decorations that we've put up in the house because we don't have a yard. And uh, he was like, Megan, it's September. And I was like, yeah, I don't understand. Um, and he was like, are you at least this big for Christmas? And I was like, kind of, but not. <laughs> we don't have as much fun. Like, our house is decorated. It's insane. Oh yeah, all of our Halloween stuff's already up. I think I posted a picture of that wreath that my wife just made for the door. Like, yeah, the before Christmas one. That was so great. Yeah, she's so she flipping really talented too. She really is. She's she makes a lot of stuff for us. Anytime like we want the kids want like t-shirts and stuff, she'll just make their t-shirts for them with her the cricket or whatever we got, you know. And <laughs> it's I love it. I keep debating getting one of those, but I know I would also be that person. And I don't know if I'm ready to be that person. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool being those people. <laughs> I don't know. I just would make all the shirts. Yeah, our, our Halloween display is so much work that every year, every year on like the um the november 1st i swear to god i am never doing this again. <laughs> and i'm and i'm serious you know i am done with it i'm so sick of it uh-huh and every like june i start going mm, you know well, we could do this for it we could do that and like, so do you, you guys a few theme times. it or is it like a just a general we try to just keep it as many skeletons as we can we don't do like horror kind of stuff it's all traditional okay. like spooky like witches and skeletons and monsters and stuff but nothing nothing so gory cool. or anything it's uh i sent you guys some pics just now on the dm but uh anyway yeah so october can be kind of busy for that too but now that both of our kids are doing soccer that means every weekend is just filled ah. with games now also so and they're older than peewees so it's not a bunch of little kids yeah following yes. the ball around oh, I, I have it on good authority that football is life ah <laughs> oh, ted lasso I, I have not seen that show either it's on my list of things to see if i if and when we get a subscription back for that it is amazing also you should watch evil that's my other plug Midnight Mass is great, but if you like scary stuff, Evil is where it's at. 
Where's Evil at? Where is that? Is that um, or... Season one might be on Netflix still, but they're both for sure on Paramount Plus, which I know. Okay. I know. It's another streaming thing. But I swear to God, pay six bucks for a month, watch that, Twilight Zone, and you're good. Season finale is next yeah. week. <laughs> Paramount Plus has also got the Harper House, doesn't it? Do you guys know what that is? The I think new so. New animated show. It's animated. Brad Neely is the showrunner. I don't know anything about this. I think so. I remember seeing something, but I you could have, be thinking. Do you guys watch Adult Swim at all? Like, uh, I used China, to. Illinois. China, Illinois, or uh, all any of those shows with Brad Neely. I don't know. I'm just a big fan. So I've been thinking about it anyway. So we may end up with Paramount Plus. Let me see. Yep, it is on Paramount Plus. Highly recommend. And when you guys start watching Evil, please just let me know all your comments. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those, huh? Yes. Yes. It was wonderful. So we have strayed so far off. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I have no horror recommendations. I have the wrong. Read the autumnal. There we go. If you want another comic to read, I can talk horror comics. That is it. You cannot (laughs) jump scare me with a comic book. Really? You can't just be like, oh, look, happy, pleasant. Oh, God, nightmare fuel. Happy, pleasant. I mean, Chris tried. Chris tried in this <laughs> issue. And I was like, they're they're pretty? I shouldn't find this pretty. They're pretty? I can't look away. They're horrifying? <laughs> they're pretty. I'm broken. I'm a broken person. <laughs> I know this. It's part of my charm. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, I was the one that had to draw all that. That was actually <laughs> my idea. So, was, hey, I'm going to do a, a double page spread of tiny maggots and they're just going to fill the page from top to bottom. How are your nightmares when you do that? It was fine. I mean, <laughs> it, it was the, the scariest part for me was just having to draw all that on those pages, you know. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you for coming to talk to us. Yeah, about this yeah well, thanks yeah. for having me back, guys. I love I love being on here. Anytime, you know that. <laughs> well, whenever it feels appropriate, you guys know where I'm at. <laughs> well, in case anybody listening doesn't know where you're at, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, and it's just Chris Grind, no space. And then on uh, Instagram, uh, Grindtastic. That's pretty nice. much it. Nice. All right. All right. Good. We ready to wrap it up? Yes. Sure. We'd like to thank Red Springs for our show art. You can check out more of his work by supporting his Patreon or visiting Chaos Flight on Tumblr. Tumblr. <laughs> if you're interested in getting some cool art, email Red at cmspinks95 at gmail.com. Keep our social means at Minds at York on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at mindsatyork at gmail.com. Our website is mindsatyork.com. You spell York Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're available on your podcatcher of choice, and if that's not true, let us know and we'll try to fix it. My name was Alex. I'm Megan. I'm Chris. Thanks again, Chris. Yep, everybody go by the visitor. Please, please. Buy two. One in hardcover and one in paperback. <laughs> That's what true fans do. They buy they buy all the editions. <laughs>
See if you can spot the secret differences between the two.